0: Welcome, 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 ladies
1: and gentlemen, and all the rest of you, I don't know, um, people that I wish we'd left in the old year. It is Eat Sleep Podcast, repeat, FM 99, and the Fox's first and only WWE wrestling podcast. I am Sean Hood, and Dave's not here, man, and I actually don't have a co-host this week. It is just me. I know. I know. Crazy, right? I'm just going to be talking to myself for a little bit. But I'm going to be discussing some wrestling stuff, some news and whatnot. It might be a little abbreviated just because if you listen to me for an hour, everybody will turn their car off a bridge or something. So I'll try to keep it short for you guys. But I will do some news. And I promised that I was going to get to it, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a review of Wrestle Kingdom 13. I'm give you some highlights from that and some stuff I really enjoyed because, yes, I did watch it. So I'm interested in that. And uh, some big stuff to talk about in the news. But first, got to get the business out of the way. This is episode 81. If you're listening to us, you found us. Congratulations, but there are lots of ways you can find us. Make sure you're FM99.com and 1069thefox.com. Click on the media tab right there. It says ESPR. Links you to our most recent episode on our SoundCloud. Makes life super easy for you. Speaking of SoundCloud, it's one of the many podcast apps you can find us on. You can find us on pretty much all of them, essentially. And just search ESPR WWE, and you should, we should pop right up for you. All our backlog episodes and everything so you can check it out and stay in touch with what we're doing, what we're talking about, and go back to our other 80 episodes if you can believe that we've actually been doing this for that long. There's also lots of ways to keep in touch with us, facebook.com slash ESPR99, uh, on the Twitter at ESPR99, or if you want to email us, ESPR at FM99.com, and that way we can get to you guys. We did ask you guys for some of your end of the year stuff. We're going to try and compile a few more of those and everything. So you still have a week to get that stuff in because we're going to do it next week when Dave gets back. We'll, we'll talk about y'all's end of the year candidates and whatnot i know dave did a post up on our facebook page again facebook.com slash espr 99 go on there and leave them or email us your best of year worst of year type stuff at espr at fm99.com but without further ado i think that leads us into the news and it is news time and we got some things to talk about today uh right off the bat i'll start with something you know and i'll start with the more somber thing just so we can end on a higher note um we did say goodbye to somebody this uh, recently. Um, mean Gene Okerland passed away on January 2nd, 2019. Uh, mean Gene Okerland was 76 years old. He was, I mean, a legend in this business. For, for a lot of us, there will be nobody that will remember uh, more fondly doing that backstage role of, you know, interviewing guys. And he really managed to make you feel, he got the personalities across. He got, I mean, the guy was so good at getting the characters across and helping these guys really get their stories in your face and like really conveying what you needed to know and the important points. And he had a great likable personality. That's just something that, you know, you're never going to, I don't think you'll ever be able to duplicate. There's just certain people in this business that were born to do it. And he was one of them he was absolutely one of them so again very very sad news the passing of mean gene okerlund it uh caught us all by surprise uh i've got a couple of highlights here some stuff i've got some stuff from some of his interviews and everything i'm going to play for you just give you a little taste if you weren't familiar with mean gene you can find a lot of his stuff on the wwe network which i recommend you do highly so i'm going to give you a little a little sample of some mean gene here so that way you know what uh this was an excerpt from one of his broadcasts back in 1986 when his mean gene interviews
0: All right, fans, with Wrestlemania 2, brand new world tag team champions of the British Bulldogs, the Dynamite Kid, and Davey Boy Smith, and that astounding news has got to be just ripe, I guess, for the picking, if you will, from former tag team champions, the Iron Cheek, and you, Nikolai Volkov, we've got new champions representing the World Wrestling Federation. I think you've got to give the British Bulldogs, you got to give credit where credit is due.
1: I mean, he just sounded like he, he sounded like he knew what he was talking about, like it was important to him, like it mattered, like it meant something. And that's what you need in, a, in your, your broadcaster when you're trying to get these things across. You're trying to get people to take it seriously. This is a more early mean gene where he's talking about Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper.
0: I've got to believe, folks, this occurred all because Roddy Roddy Piper would not recognize Ric Flair as the real world's champion. Hulk Hogan, the WWF champion, feels the same as Roddy Piper. Now, you know, Flair doesn't want Hogan's belt. He just wants to beat him. Whatever is left, Flair says he's going to leave for The Undertaker at the Survivor Series. Well, we'll have to see about that.
1: And, of course, Mean Gene was the person who got to introduce us, the U.S. wrestling audience, to Andre the Giant back in 1980.
0: Come on in, if you would, please. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. The biggest professional athlete in the entire world, my guest at this time, Andre the Giant from Grenoble, France. Just exactly how tall are you, Andre? How much do you weigh? Seven feet, four and a half, and I weigh 497 pounds.
1: Andre the Giant, you've done it all. And, I mean, you talk about a guy who did it all. I mean, Gene did it all. He was around for so long. And, I mean, he had a lifelong contract with the WWE, it seemed like. And it was great to see him pop up from time to time. But, again, he did pass away at the age of 76 years old. Uh, Our thoughts go out to his wife wife and his family. He was with his wife forever. I mean, I remember when uh, I read something about them uh, getting married. 1964 was when they got married. Okay, 1964. So they were together for 55 years, roughly. That's insane to me in this day and age. But uh, his wife, Gene Jean, uh, Jean E. Okerlund. So, you know, my, my thoughts go out to him. He had kids as well. My thoughts, of course, go out to them. And uh, we, you know, here on uh, Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat, uh, we absolutely salute you, Mean Gene Okerlund. So we'll move on from that. It was sad news. We'll go on to something a little more uplifting to leave the news on. And it was the announcement of WWE, or not WWE, I'm sorry, competition at WWE. In reality, all elite wrestling. That's something that's happening. Yeah, all elite wrestling, which, by the way, um, this guy, this thing is owned. We'd heard a rumor a, long, uh, a while back, I guess I should say, of the Jacksonville Jaguars co-owner, Tony Khan, that he was interested in getting into the wrestling business. Well, he now he is. All elite wrestling. He's going to serve as the president of the company. And uh, he's got vice presidents in the form of the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes, who were his first official signings. So that's a big deal, too. Brandy uh, Rhodes, Cody's wife, is going to serve as the chief brand officer. And uh, they've also got the, the lady who does merch, Dana Massey, I think is her name. She does merch for the Young Bucks, and she's going to be in charge of merch for All Elite Wrestling. That's a big deal. I mean, they've been very successful with their merch sales and pushing their image and their persona. I think this is a very smart move. Plus, you've got Hangman Page, Britt uh, Baker, BJ Whitmer. Those are some of the first signings for these guys. There's a lot of rumored stuff out there. There's rumors like Chris Jericho going to be heavily involved. There's rumors about um, even Goldberg might be involved in some capacity, which would be kind of interesting. Maybe just – I don't want to see him wrestle. i kind of like this promotion to, to focus on younger guys. Jericho's fine. He's kind of a veteran to help keep things interesting, but I don't need Goldberg coming in. Um, to, to really wrestle much. I, I, I'd be fine with him taking a role like as a, maybe a on-screen authority figure or something along those lines. But either way, uh, the announcement was huge. Um, they're having a a rally on January 8th at 5 PM, uh, it, uh, the TIAA bank field that's in Jacksonville. That's where this is going to be based out of. And they're also having a show called double or nothing. I'm not sure if they've announced, uh, Oh no, they have January 8th. Uh, Oh no, that's the rally is going to be January 8th, 2019 um, as far as the show, not showing sure it's going to be, but I mean, clearly a double or nothing, a follow-up to all in. And I'm, I'm honestly excited for this. I think this is going to be a big deal because this is really almost a monster of WWE's own doing because it's Cody road. Who has been almost determined to spit in the face of the WWE and prove to them that he can do it without them, that there's success beyond the WWE. And we got an email that I'm actually going to read here, uh, from, I believe it was Josh. Uh, yeah. Josh McGinnis. He said, so I know a lot of people are talking about the hype and upside and possibility of all elite wrestling. But for sake of playing devil's advocate, why do you think this will be different than when Jeff and Jerry Jarrett started up TNA or TNA? Is it just the right place, right time? Or is the fact that these names are currently more relevant than the Jarrett's were when they started up their promotion? I think it's a combination of the two. I think it's a mixture of the Jarrett's weren't really all that relevant and people kind of had a Jeff especially had a reputation amongst wrestling fans. That kind of proved to be true when he started up TNA. It was glaringly obvious. And then I think it is it is more of a timing thing. Right place, right time. The Young Bucks are hot. Cody, Rhodes is hot. Cody Rhodes is hot. And before they lose steam, because I felt like maybe we were getting towards that point after all in and just nothing had followed it up, I felt like maybe we were on the verge of, man, I wonder what these guys are going to do next. I hope it's something and they don't just kind of settle in, you know? I think it's good timing on their part. And these guys have a lot of people to work with on the independence if there's guys who will turn away from the companies they're with and go to this all elite wrestling I think that's a big deal if they can get some of these guys off the independence that we wished would go to WWE guys like Kode Ibushi uh guys like Zack Sabre Jr guys like I mean there's a, a long list of people that I would love to see end up in the WWE but now I'm almost more interested to see them end up in a group like this I'll be honest with you I'm very excited about this when this when this really kicks off I'm I think I'm going to be following it. This might be something you hear about more regularly on this program. It's just going to be very, very interesting to see how this plays out. Um, again, they also talked about uh, Jim Ross probably be, uh, possibly being involved as an advisor as well as maybe doing some commentary stuff. His contract with the WWE ends in January, so that's a, a possibility as well. Um, they don't have a TV deal as of yet, but they kind of tease that TNT, TBS might be a possibility. Yeah, I, I got to be honest with you. I'm... I'm really excited for this, uh, you know, and of course, one of the people that everybody is really thinking is going to join, be a part of this is Kenny Omega. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about him in the New Japan thing and why people think that, but he would be a huge addition to them because that's another guy that I feel like should. Uh, I'd love to see in the WWE, but I almost now would be like, I'd like to see them more, more in that kind of group. I, I feel like that it'd be nice to see a real, a real strong second contender to WWE. Because I'm sorry. TNA, Impact, whatever you want to call them, has never and will never be that competitor. So I would love to see All Elite Wrestling become that. It's going to take a while. Don't get me wrong. These guys aren't going to debut and all of a sudden be you know, the big competition at WWE overnight. It's going to take some time. But if these guys do it right, they can get some momentum going and they can really become a threat to at least the profitability and the the uh, success that WWE is currently enjoying sitting atop of the mountain by themselves. So. Uh, that is going to do it for the news going to take a quick break and then i'm going to come back and i'm going to tell you a little bit about the week of wrestling that i watched including the wwe uh, nxt and a little wrestle kingdom 13 it's all coming up on eat sleep podcast repeat
0: miss an episode of espr find previous episodes and interviews with wwe superstars like drew mcintyre ron and i stepped in the ring once in the uk and i saw everybody starting to stand on their feet just getting face to face with each other and so that's moments where it's like, wow, you know, we don't have to create an intricate story. People just are into it by just standing face to face. The ravishing Russian Lana. It's going to be a very ravishing little day. Just search ESPR on all your major podcast apps.
1: And we're back. And the first thing I'm going to say about the week of wrestling, okay? It was a good week of wrestling. I'm going to go out of my way and say that right now. This was a solid, solid week of wrestling because it was... I'm going to give them a pass on some of the shows. The shows didn't need to be hot necessarily because or the WWE shows because it was the holiday week these they pre-taped them it's never going to be as hot like that these days but you know what they stayed away from too much of the cartoony silliness of the holiday episodes that they usually do and you know what they did a really really good job they did they they had to put on some good stuff you had uh, Raw opening up with Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler in a cage Drew getting the win and looking like a complete beast at the end of it with the post match attack on on Dolph just really really good stuff. Uh, you had a uh, promo between Seth Rollins and Triple H which is really good Yeah, Seth it's like you're trying to they're doing this with a lot of people recently I'm noticing though they're like they want to see that killer instinct coming back out of these guys. It almost is a little reminiscent of the Vince McMahon ruthless aggression thing when he keeps trying to work that in all the time and bring up how he wants people to be more ruthless and aggressive and I'm wondering if you know if maybe we're trying to make things seem a little edgier or something. But uh, they're trying to revitalize Seth, who I think does kind of need it at this point, especially coming off of a mm, meh feud with uh, Dean Ambrose. I mean, I, he might still be involved in it, I guess, but it wasn't anything terribly exciting. They had the Fresh Start Battle Royal, which was actually fairly entertaining, and Apollo Crews one. Now, I like that Apollo Crews is winning because the guy should be doing more, but you got to do a lot of rehabbing before people truly care about him. I hope it's not a one and done for him, like, oh, well, people aren't reacting to him, so we're done, because he really, really needs to, to get an actual shot. Um, the dude's incredibly talented, and he's proved it on numerous occasions. But he won the battle royal to get an Intercontinental Championship match later in the show against Dean, which, of course, he would lose. But it was a good match because I felt like um, I, I it was better than I feel like the Seth Rollins one was with Dean at the pay-per-view because Dean wasn't in control of the whole thing. Apollo got to make it a little more exciting before he lost. So I think that was a smarter strategy for them. Um, I would also like to state that Baron Corbin is not... The general, the manager of the show, the general manager anymore. He's not a constable. He's not anything. Stop wearing dress clothes. It is driving me insane. Uh, I mean, there was other stuff on there. I wouldn't say anything else was too amazing. Seth uh, did bring out that killer instinct by beating the bejesus out of (laughs) um, out of uh, um, Bobby Lashley, Leo Rush. Uh, He got a chair and had enough of that. Um, and then you had a main event with Ronda Rousey and Natalia versus Nia Jackson Tamina which was good. There was good intensity especially from Rousey and Natalia. I thought it was good stuff. And again, it was just a more solid show than I expected it to be knowing that it was a holiday week. I expected more nonsense from them, but luckily we didn't get nonsense. SmackDown was good as well. Had some good stuff between Becky Lynch and John Cena. I loved 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 Becky Lynch talking about talking to John Cena and being like she was basically doing the promo that all the heels that have come up against John Cena have done for the last Seven, eight years, or whatever, being like, your time is over. It's my time. Like she's almost pointing herself, posing herself as the 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 feud for John Cena, which won't happen. But it's just amazing to me that she's in that position. Guys, she's so hot right now. Um, you also had another good match. It was a multi man match between Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, Mustafa Ali, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton to determine who would get a shot at the w- WWE Championship with Daniel Bryan. Excuse me, the new Daniel Bryan. A uh, really good match. All the guys looked good, but I, it, it felt fairly obvious to me that AJ Styles was going to win. But that didn't matter. It was still a good match, um, and the matches leading up to it were 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 pretty good too. As far as the Samoa Joe uh, Jeff Hardy match, and I mean, just stuff to qualify for it. It was it was it was it was good stuff. I enjoyed what I saw in that match. Um, and you know what? A little bit of a hit of um, Naomi and Sonya Deville because I, the match wasn't bad. I like Deville's new uh uh new finisher. And uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of that. And I also like they're doing something with Sonya and Mandy. That's a big deal. I, I think they should. Rusev and Shinsuke keeping their U.S. title feud going and actually putting a little heat on uh, Shinsuke. So that was kind of nice to see as well. I, I, all in all, some good stuff this week. Some really good stuff on Raw and SmackDown. I was very. Very pleased with uh, how they kicked the New Year off of these taped shows. I thought that it was much better than it could have been. As for NXT uh, this week, I don't know that I'd recommend you go out of your way to see it. It was mostly a best-of kind of show. They were doing the best-of-the-year stuff and recapping a lot of things, which is always good. Don't get me wrong. If you are not familiar with a lot of things that happened on NXT this year, check out this episode and be made aware, because then you can go back and find some of these amazing matches and shows that they're talking about. Uh, but really, there's only one match new to talk about on the show. It was Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono. About six minutes of action. It was good. It was good. It just wasn't, you know, amazing. And uh, so I feel like if, you, if you've if you been watching religiously all year, you could probably skip this episode of NXT if you haven't watched it yet. So that brings us to New Japan Pro Wrestling, Wrestle Kingdom 13. Yes, I watched it. Uh, I won't claim to know who everybody was. I won't claim to even understand everything because some of it I just don't get. Like the never open weight championships. Just don't understand that. At first, I thought it was one of those like a, like a strictly strongman style thing. Then I realized that I was wrong, <laughs> um, and I mean, talking me along. Just it's Japan. There's always gonna be that strong, strong style in there, and uh, um, it's always entertaining to watch. I just don't get where some of the the distinctions come from for these these championships. And by the way, do, could they have enough championships? Good lord, it's like they have three shows, like uh, like WWE, but they don't. It's it blows my mind how many titles they have. Um, the main show opened up with Cody Ibushi versus Will Osprey for the Never Openweight Championship. Uh, see, and this is something I didn't know. I didn't know Kota was even the champion at the moment. But Kota and Will go out there. Really, really entertaining match to kick off the show. Uh, Will Osprey wins the match in about 18 minutes. He becomes a new NEVER Openweight Champion. Just uh, they tease some some high flying early on, then they hit it later. And guys, it was it was really entertaining to watch. I seriously think you could watch this show start to finish and be entertained for the majority of the show. This is a really good show, almost on the level of like Takeover type stuff. Like I would put it up there. Maybe even a little above some of them. Just there was some really, really good stuff on there. Um, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles were on the line. Uh, Shingo Takagi Taga- and uh, Bushi defeated uh, uh, Kinemaru and El Desperado and Shonyo and Yo to win the titles in about seven minutes. It was it was a good match, but it wasn't amazing. They had to follow a really. They I mean you're following Kota Bushi and Will Osprey. Will Osprey is one of the He's another one of those guys that I would have said earlier. I would like to see end up in the WWE or NXT or something like that. I mean, he's very ricochet esque in uh, in a lot of ways, but in the same vein. Now I'd kind of like to see him maybe end up in that all elite wrestling thing. I kind of not my my opinions are shifting as the landscape in wrestling is shifting. Uh, up next, you had a uh, British Heavyweight Championship match. I didn't even know they had one of those between Tomahiro Ishi and uh, Zach Saber Jr. Zach Saber Jr. is a guy that I could watch wrestle. All the time. I love his submission based style. It's 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 so good to watch when there's when he gets a lot of intensity in it. Sometimes he can. I will admit this. Sometimes his matches look almost too smooth, if that makes sense. It doesn't always look like a fight when he's doing some of the counters and stuff like that. Some of it it looks a little too smooth and a little too like, oh, that's very clearly how he's going to slip out of this and grab something else. But when the intensity is there, Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the most entertaining uh, wrestlers that I've ever watched. Uh, they had a good hard-hitting match. Zack Saber Jr. wins in about eh, close to twelve minutes and becomes the new British Heavyweight Championship. Which, by the way, that's a theme for the night: title changes. Um, very, very entertaining there. Up next, you had the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Titles uh, between it was Tama Tonga and Tonga uh, Lao. Uh, they were uh, Loa, excuse me, Tonga Loa, versus the Young Bucks versus Evil and Sonata for the titles. Evil and Sonata won the belts, and it kind of made sense they were going to beat one of the Bucks because the Bucks are leaving, so that that kind of makes sense to me, at least in that regard. I think it was a good match. It, it wasn't as amazing as some of the other ones, and we didn't see any of the Bucks like crazy stuff because, I mean, again, I kind of get they're leaving, so the match isn't about them, so it wasn't really trying to, you're not trying to spotlight the Bucks. But it was still an entertaining match, and you got Evil and Sonata as your tag champions. Uh, Cody versus Juice Robinson for the IWGP US Championship was up next. Really good match. Um, again, Juice Robinson beating Cody to win the U.S. Championship it wasn't shocking because, again, now Cody's doing the All Elite thing, so it kind of makes sense to a degree. Um, I did find it funny that Cody and Brandy were wearing gear that had a, like uh, if you looked at the colors and everything, it kind of had a Jacksonville Jaguars theme tour for it, which makes sense considering the owner of the Jaguars runs All Elite Wrestling. It's going to make sense. But it was a good match. Uh, I don't think it tore down the house or anything, but it was a good match. Uh, up next, you had Kushida versus Ishimori for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. And again, really fun match, entertaining to say the least. And uh, Ishimori beats uh, Kushida there. I don't have a ton to say about other than that. The the kind of Back to the Future-esque stuff just kills me. I love that stuff uh, a lot. It's It really scratches the nerd itch for me when I'm watching pro wrestling, which I realize should probably scratch it by itself. But you know what? I need all the nerd I can get. Up next, you had Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White. And they had a really, really good match here. Like, the storyline in all this is that Okada has kind of returned to form. He's the old Okada now. And I think everybody thought that that meant that Okada was going to win here because that's what they're – that's kind of the story that seemed to be telling here. But no, Jay White came back, hit the Blade Runner, got a clean pin, really cool match, loved the finish, and it was nice to see the clean win there. Huge win. And I think the story now is going to be you don't know what Okada's going to do next. Again, he was returning to form, and then this happens – so I think it was really good. And these are things that you can, you can, especially if you can hear the American commentary, it helps a lot. But these guys do a good job uh, with some of this. Up next, uh, you had... It was one of my matches of the night. It, it, it really was, because the show so far had a lot of good stuff on it, but this was a brawl. This was a fight between Chris Jericho and Tetsuya Naito. Uh, excuse me if I'm saying his name wrong. I've never actually learned how to efficiently say his name. I've heard it a million times, but I even noticed the commentators just say Naito when they're talking about him because even they don't want to tackle it. Um, Jericho and Naito going for the Intercontinental Championship, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Yes, Dave, they have one of those. What a fight. And that's what this was, a fight. It wasn't always pretty, and that seems to be the thing with Jericho matches, especially in recent years. They're not always pretty, but man, he is delivering on the intensity in these matches. Had a really, really good match. Um, Naito just... I, I think this has really helped Naito working with uh, Jericho. It's it's brought out something in him that has just, I don't know, made made me look at him a little differently. And it's honestly done the same thing for Jericho to me. His his run here with New Japan has really kind of re-energized Jericho, I feel like, and made me interested in him. I'd be really surprised if he didn't end up in this all-elite thing doing a very similar thing to what he's doing now. Um, but again, uh, Naito gets the win there, gets the uh, the Intercontinental Championship from Jericho, just, it was such a good match, such a good match. And uh, up next, you had the main event of the evening. Kenny Omega with the Young Bucks versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Tanahashi looking to get the belt back. And uh, Kenny Omega, I mean, really, the dude, until Cody got on the independents, I think there was no doubt that Kenny Omega was the number one guy, the number one singles guy on the independents. I think now there's an argument between the two of them. But this match right here for the night proved that Omega, to me, is still the number one guy on the independents. He, he and Tanahashi had an amazing match. Sometimes I think Kenny Omega can be a little too cute for his own good, but this match was very, very good. Lots of good stuff. Um, more reverse Frankensteins or Rana's or whatever you want to call them than I've seen in God knows how long. Especially that one by Tanahashi on Omega looked vicious, man. There was some nastiness behind that one. Um, v trigger. I mean, you're seeing knees all over the place. That's kind of Kenny Omega's Superman punch. But I mean, I mean, tons of moves. I'm not knocking him at all. He, he these guys have such a repertoire, especially Omega. The dude hits things I've never seen before sometimes, and some things I haven't seen in forever. Got dragon suplexes all over the place. Tanahashi hits his. Uh, it's kind of like a, a you know frog splash essentially for the win. I think it's yeah, he calls it the high, it's high high fly low. I think is what it's called. And I love the way that Omega takes it because. It almost looks like he's trying to sit up off the ground. And he looks up and sees Tanahashi coming and he's like, oh crap. And it then he gets flattened back onto the mat. Maybe that's not a safer way to take it. I don't know. But I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Because it just look, it looks more real. Like Kenny Omega's trying to get out trying to get up off the ground. He's not just laying there waiting for a move to happen, you know? So that just kind of. I don't know. He, 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 I don't, for me, it just makes the ending better. It was about a 40-minute match. Really, really good. Um, I remember them saying that the attendance was something like 38,000 or something along those lines, so good for them. Great match to end the show. It's really a toss-up for me, personally, a toss-up between that and the Jericho Naito match for a match of the night. Ugh. Seriously, if you have to go out of your way to see any matches from the show, I recommend those two specifically. Go out of your way to see those two because they're fantastic i would also recommend checking out the zach saber jr one too just for a m- little mix of styles in there um if you want to check out just some matches from the show but such a good show i'm probably gonna have to go with the main event as the match of the night which is how it should be in all honesty but kenny omega and tanahashi you guys i i tip my hat to you it was an amazing show and you capped it off perfectly and um yeah so that was new japan pro wrestling and it was awesome. Wrestle Kingdom 13. If you get a chance to check it out, I highly recommend it. I've seen three of them now. This might have been the best one out of all the ones I've seen. It really might have been. I saw. I remember seeing Wrestle Kingdom nine, and I really enjoyed that one. But I feel like I'd have to go back and watch it again to know if it was better. I feel like 13 was the best one I've seen. So it's a good uh, good place to jump in if you're not familiar with Japanese pro wrestling, and you can see some of these guys with some familiar faces and just some amazing, amazing wrestling. So that is going to do it. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Actually, you know what? Let me... Before I do, I want to see... I think... Uh, uh, nope. I thought McGinnis may have uh, some some thoughts here on uh, Japan, New, Japan, New Japan Pro Wrestling, but he didn't. He had him on NXT, and... Um, Let me see. I think uh, Josh McGinnis had one more thing he wrote in. It was actually about NXT. I should have gotten to this earlier, but I'll, I'll answer these real fast. When Street Profits drop the Evolve Tag Titles, do you think they will get an NXT Tag Title run? Because I think they absolutely deserve a chance. I don't know. Um, I think that they could, but they got to do a little more to make me care. Because I've never, I haven't seen a whole lot of matches from them that make me really emotionally invested in them, like I did with Undisputed Era or Mustache Mountain or even um, Sanity. Or I mean, like they've got to give me some matches that really get me to. to grab on these guys. They're fun to watch, but I, at the moment, I'm not like, oh, I, they need to win the belts. Um, he said, I'm watching North American Championship highlights, and it reminded me how blade, bleeding good Killian Dane can work. I hope Sanity can make a run in 2019. I would love to see Dane get some chances in singles. I do agree with you to a degree, but I'd like Sanity to do more as a group before we get to that point, because at the moment, again, nobody has a chance to care about him, and he's an odd character with a weird look and, and, and style. Don't get me wrong, it's very entertaining, but I feel like he needs help getting introduced to the audience and kind of making them care about him before we get to that point. And three, is it way more interesting now knowing that Zelina Vega and Alistair Black are married after rewatching how she played a role in the title match against Almas? Uh, yes, I, I think it is, but I think it also explains some of the intensity they could they were able to harness and some of that too and some of the uh some of the drama there. I think they were they were able to really do that because they know each other so well. So Again, that is it for the episode this week. Thank you, Josh. Uh, there is your New Japan Pro Wrestling talk just for you, buddy, because I know you wanted us to talk about it. I know you were excited about it. Um, and it is it is taken care of. I think it was Josh who wanted us to do it. But either way, it was requested. It is done. And uh, next week, we will dive into uh, more wrestling. Dave will be back, at least allegedly, you know, provided they let him in the building. I don't know. They might have changed his key fob while he was gone. But I will be here regardless and until next time this has been episode 81 so make sure you join us back by the way happy woo year yes cory sent that to us Corey, we saw it thank you very much uh happy new year can't wait to bring you a whole new year of episodes and we'll see you next week on eat sleep podcast and repeat